Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Welcome to Authentic Living. Well, you know, it's that time of year when we celebrate romance for its warmth, beauty, and promise. But there's some of you out there right now thinking, yeah, for everyone but me. Well, let's see if we can't do something about that today. Our guest today is Arielle Ford, and she's had an exceptional career as a publicist for several of the best-known sportsmen, best-selling authors, companies, and events. Over the past 12 years in particular, she's represented some of the best-known authors in new thought, human potential, mind and body medicine, including some of those we've interviewed on this show and other notables, Deepak Chopra, Gary Zukov, Don Miguel Ruiz, Wayne Dyer, Marianne Williamson, Neil Donald Walsh, Gary Zukov, just to name a few. There's many more. Further, she co-produced Deepak Chopra's highly successful public television series, Body, Mind, and Soul, The Magic and the Mystery, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, and The Way of the Wizard. She's also the best-selling author of the series, Hot Chocolate for the Mystical Soul. But until the age of 44, Ariel was a self-proclaimed failure at romantic relationships. When she did meet and marry her husband, Brian, she began to get so many questions about how she did that that she decided to write her latest book, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. And that's the book we're going to be discussing in this first part of our show today. So if you're longing for the love of your life, tune in, listeners. Today you might learn how to find it. Ariel, welcome to Authentic Living, and thank you so much for taking of your time today to talk to our listeners. Thank you, Andrea. Um, I just want to jump in there. We have the first 30 minutes of our show today with uh, an interview with you, so I want to jump right in there and ask you, how do you define soulmate? Are you there? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I guess something happened in my headset. Sorry about that. Okay, that's all right. Suddenly I couldn't hear you. Okay, I'm going to say the question again. How okay. would you describe a soulmate? Oh, well, for me, a soulmate is somebody that you can completely be yourself with, somebody that you love unconditionally, who loves you unconditionally. And I guess the, the truest thing is that when you look into their eyes, you have the experience of being home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to sort of be looking inside yourself to feel those things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it helps. Okay. Can you tell us the story of how you met your soulmate and then what led you to write the book? Um, about 20 years ago, I was really fortunate to learn a variety of manifestation techniques, and I used them um, throughout my business for many years with great success. And then when I was in my early 40s, I started to wonder, I'd never been married, uh, I started to wonder whether or not it would work on my love life. So I did all kinds of things. I, I first started with some forgiveness processes. I forgave myself and some of the people that I'd been involved with that didn't end too well. And then I made a soulmate wish list. I created a very detailed list of the traits and qualities I wanted in a soulmate and also described the kind of life that we would lead together. I then created a ritual to release that list to the universe. And for my ritual, I decided to do it on a Friday because Friday is the day of Venus, goddess of love, and to do it on a new moon. 
And so I went down to the beach and I said a prayer and I burned the list and then I scattered the ashes in the ocean. And then I took myself out to lunch and had a glass of champagne and toasted my soulmate wherever he may have been at that moment. And I did other things too. I created a treasure board or a vision map as they're known where I cut out pictures and images and words from magazines that were a visual representation of what I wanted to create. I feng shuied my house. I cleared out the negative energy of the past. I uncluttered things and um, did a whole bunch of different stuff. And it all worked. Within three months, I ended up meeting Brian. And within three weeks of meeting, we got engaged. And a year later, we got married. And I had never intended to write a book. In fact, once we got married, I totally forgot about all the specific things I had done to manifest them until a few years ago. I uh, we went on a cruise with my sister, Debbie Ford, who's a best-selling author and a workshop leader, and she had 200 of her students on the cruise, and she asked me to give a 45-minute talk about how I manifested Brian. So I had to sit down and remember all the various things that I did, and I shared it with her entire group, and they enjoyed it so much that I finally decided to write a book about it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So... Does everybody have a soulmate? Is there just one, or can we have more than one? I actually believe everybody has more than one soulmate. And I think soulmates can be more than just romantic partners. I think you can have best friends that are soulmates, and I think Oprah and Gail King are a perfect example of that. You can have family, coworkers, children, even pets that are soulmates. So, yes, I think you get more than just one, and you get different varieties. Okay, uh, do you think that, uh, you know, I'm wondering just a little bit more on that, the soulmate that has that special one, that special thing that says, yeah, you're the one I want to be my primary significant other. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a special way to tell about that? Um, you know, everyone I've ever spoken with that was in a soulmate relationship didn't have to be told this person's your soulmate. Right, right. They knew it. It was very clear. And, you know, and you can have more than one of those, usually not at the same time. So I know of people who were married to their soulmate and then one of them died and then a few years later they met somebody else they considered a soulmate. So, you know, if you're divorced or widowed, don't despair. Mm-hmm. You know? There are more out there for you. Absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, what, four billion people on the planet so there's, there is more than one for everybody. Sure. Okay. So why do you think so many people struggle with finding their true love? You know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people, after they've had a few bad relationships and have had their heart broken a few times, just shut down. And I saw a demonstration of this recently in the movie Last Chance Harvey, which stars Dustin Hoffman and Emma Thompson. And in the film... They play two middle-aged single people who have not been, quote-unquote, lucky in love. And they find each other, and in the beginning of the movie, there's an initial attraction, and then there's a problem in the middle of the movie, and by the end of the movie, they're not really talking. And the Dustin Hoffman character tracks down the Emma Thompson character and proclaims he really wants to have a relationship with her, at which point she has this total meltdown and rants and raves and says she's not willing to be hurt again, and... At some point, he's going to want to leave or tell her it's just not working, and she's just carrying on, and finally she stops, and she looks at him, and she says, I'm just not willing to give up being disappointed. 
And when I saw that, I realized that represents where so many people are. They're so comfortable with living in the story about how disappointed they are and how it's never going to work for them that they just give up. And, you know, the, the stories that I share in The Soulmate Secret and the message that I have from the book is that it's never too late. It doesn't matter what your age is or what your weight is or how much money you have or you don't have. I have evidence that these manifestation processes really worked. They worked for me. I got married for the first time at 44. They worked for more than a dozen of my friends, all of whom have stories in the book, and they've even worked for my 80-year-old mother-in-law. Wow, that's great. That's great. Okay, so, all right, your answer to that then is the reason people struggle so much is because they get sort of stuck in the familiar. Right, right. right. They're, they're used to, you know, being disappointed, and they just give up. Okay. Okay, so what is the universal law that can be used to find your soulmate? Well, it's called the law of attraction, and it's a very simple law that says we draw to us the people and experiences that match our state of being. So if you're constantly in the frame of mind that the sky is falling, the glass is half empty, nothing ever goes my way, um, you're going to get to be right. That's all you're going to get. You're going to get more of that. But if you shift your state of being, and it's possible, you're not born with a state of being. You acquire it, and you can shift it. If you shift it to, you know, I'm a lovable, wonderful person, and the right person is out there for me, then that's what you're going to get. And I know it sounds a little simplistic, but in reality, it is a simple process. It just requires management of your thoughts and your emotions. And that's where a lot of people fall down. They're so used to their you know, what the Zen people call monkey mind, you know, throwing out negative thought after negative thought, and they don't do anything to correct it. And if you manage your thoughts and you manage your emotions, then you can create any future that you wish for yourself. Okay. And by managing, you don't mean pushing them away. You mean working with them. Exactly. So if you're in a really, let's say you're having a really bad day, rather than trying to, to deny it, and just try to ignore it, which, as you know, is impossible. What I ask people to do is get out an egg timer and set it for five minutes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and spend the next five minutes letting yourself feel as bad as you do and maybe even exaggerating it and trying to feel even worse that you do and give yourself a merry old pity party for five minutes because what I've discovered is that it's almost impossible to stay in the same frame of mind for five minutes. If you try to feel as bad as you do for five minutes, at some point it's going to lighten up. Now, this isn't true if you're a clinically depressed person and you need medical attention, then you need to get medical attention. I'm talking to people right now that, you know, are in a really normally good frame of mind and are having a bad day. I want to be really clear about that because if you're clinically depressed, then... This book is not for you. Okay, okay. Thank you for that clarity. So, okay, we have just a few minutes before the break, and I may have to come back to this, but what are the key steps to manifesting your soulmate? Well, the first step is to first heal the past. So if there are ex-husbands or wives or ex-girlfriends or boyfriends with whom you're incomplete that you still harbor anger and resentment over, then you need to clear that up. And you can, you know, if it's a really deep wound, then maybe you need therapy. If it's just stuff you haven't paid attention to. In the beginning of The Soulmate Secret, we have several forgiveness processes that are relatively easy to do to help clean up the past. And then once you do that, 
all the fun stuff happens. You know, you want to make a very detailed soulmate wish list that has all the traits and qualities that you want in somebody. Uh, Like on my list, I wanted somebody who was fun, open-hearted, generous, kind to people and animals, athletic, liked exotic travel, had gray hair, and loved cats. And that was the short version. That's the short list. And then I also added things about what kind of lifestyle that I wanted to have. And then I had a friend of mine check the list to make sure I didn't forget anything. So the, the list is really one of the critical first steps. Okay. And we're going to come back to the next step after the break. This is Andrea Matthews. We're talking today to Arielle Ford about finding your soulmate. Come back to the next uh, segment to hear more about finding your soulmate. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It was a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back with Authentic Living. This is Andrea Matthews, and this show is brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. Today we're talking to Arielle Ford about her book, The Soulmate Secret. And we were talking just before the break about the key steps to manifesting a soulmate, and you were saying that the list was one of the most important first steps. So what happens after that? Well, you want to make sure that the first two items on your list are the following. You want to ask that you manifest a partner who is willing and available for a deep, loving, committed relationship. And in that first item, you want to specify gay or straight. And, and I put that in there because I had one friend who manifested a man who was everything on her list except he was gay. <laughs> and she realized that she hadn't specified. You know, he was just perfect in every way. And she did try to change him, and it didn't work. And then <laughs> the second item is about geography. So, you know, let's say you live in Minneapolis and you want to spend the rest of your life in Minneapolis and you want somebody who already lives within a certain amount of miles of Minneapolis or is willing to move there. So pretty much the first two items on everybody's list should be the same. And then you can get really specific about it. And, and as I mentioned earlier, then you do a ritual to release the list. I burned my list, and there are lots of other things you can do. You can write your list out on a beautiful sheet of uh, stationery and then fold it up and put it into a Bible or a spiritual book. Or my friend Danielle put hers in a gorgeous envelope and put it under the mattress. Or you, if you have an altar in your home, you can place it on or under the altar. Or you can fold it up into a little little tiny square and put it inside a pink or red helium balloon, blow up the balloon, and release it to the heavens. But the important part is to psychically let it go, to surrender it, to know and trust that what you're asking for is already yours and is on the way to you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and then from there you want to make your vision board or your treasure map where you cut out pictures and images and words from a magazine and paste them on a piece of poster board so that you then have a large visual representation of the life that you're creating. And I have one friend who travels all the time, and he made a vision board, but he didn't get to look at it often because he was never home. So he took a picture of his vision board and used it as the wallpaper on his laptop and his cell phone. So every time he was using one of his electronics, he had this visual reminder of what he was creating. And within three months, he met a flight attendant, which was perfect for him because he traveled all the time, and they've just recently gotten engaged. Oh, that's beautiful. So tell us about the woman who used crayons to manifest her soulmate. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories. It comes from a woman named Gail Mandel from Chicago, and 20 years ago, she went to see an astrologer hoping to find out when she would meet her soulmate. And she was given very specific directions from the astrologer to color a mandala. Now, a mandala is a geographic shape that is used for meditation in some of the Eastern traditions. And it's usually round and has lots of little spaces in it. And they're all in a geometric pattern. So she got out the mandala and the big box of crayons. And she was told every time she colored in one of the little spaces to speak out loud the trait or quality she wanted her soulmate to have. So she got out the purple crayon and colored in a little space and said out loud, I would like a soulmate who enjoys my sense of humor. And then she took the blue crayon and colored another space and said out loud, my soulmate will be 
kind to strangers. And she took out the red crayon and colored another space and said, my soulmate will love animals. And on and on until every little space in the mandala was colored in except for one. So with the final little space, she took a crayon and she colored it in and she said out loud, my soulmate will have a very cute butt. (laughs) that's what she wanted (laughs) so a few days later uh, she was home it was in the evening and she decided to give herself a clay mask facial you know the kind that goes on wet and then it dries hard and you chisel it off (laughs) and by the time she got this clay mask off of her face her face was sort of red and blotchy and her hair was kind of greasy and dirty but it was late in the evening and she decided to go to the gym to work out So she went to the gym, and there was nobody there, and she got on one of the bikes and started riding and doing her workout, and suddenly this very cute guy sat on the bike next to her, and she was so appalled because she was not planning on meeting anybody, so she got off the bike and went into another room to start doing some yoga. So while she was in the room doing her downward dogs, this cute guy comes in and starts talking to her, and she's trying to do every pose she can think of that doesn't show her face. Mm-hmm. And he keeps talking to her, and eventually he asks her out for dinner uh, on the following Wednesday night. And so they went to a Mexican restaurant, and while they were sitting there, you know, she started to notice that he was laughing at everything that she said, and she saw that he really got her, her wacky sense of humor. And then after they placed their order, she noticed that he was very kind to the, to the waitress. And a little while later, she found out that he had a dog, and he really loved animals. And the date lasted for four hours, and slowly but surely she saw that, you know, he was pretty much what she'd been asking for. And then he took her to her front door, and he said goodnight, and he gave her a really great kiss goodbye. And as he turned to walk away, she noticed that he had a very cute butt. (laughs) And they have now been married for more than 20 years, and they are madly in love and still soulmates, and that's the story called Coloring the Love Mandala. And if your listeners would like to get a free mandala to do their own coloring, uh, they can get one at my website, and it's soulmatesecret.com forward slash mandala, which is spelled M-A-N-D-A-L-A. That's excellent. That is excellent. Okay, so we have just a few more minutes, but I want to hear about feathering the nest. What do you mean by that? Well, I believe that's a really important part. So what I mean by that is that if you've ever had an ex-lover, ex-wife, ex-boyfriend, whatever, living in your home. They've left their energy in your home. So the first thing you want to do is get their energy out of your home. And you can do that by using the Native American smudging technique, which I describe in complete detail in The Soulmate Secret, or there's other ways to do it. You then want to clear out all the clutter and get rid of that. And then you want to make space for them in your home. You physically want to make space in the closet and I recommend at least six inches of empty space in your closet clean out at least one drawer for them and make sure the nightstand on their side of the bed is totally empty and even if you don't ever plan on living in your current home with your soulmate you need to do this anyway because it sends a very clear message to the universe that you've literally made space in your life for them so that's part of what feathering the nest is about Okay, that's beautiful, and I, and I really think that's so true. Okay, so, all right, one of the other steps is living as if. What does that mean? That means if I said to you, I am 100% certain that your soulmate's going to walk through the door in 72 hours, wouldn't you be acting differently? Wouldn't you be waking up with a smile on your face? 
wouldn't you be skipping everywhere that you go? So I'm asking you to start living as if you know with certainty that your soulmate's on the way. And the way that you would demonstrate that to the world is you'd start giving more love to all the people that are already in your life. You might buy greeting cards that you're going to give to them someday. You may buy concert or play tickets for a date in the future, knowing that you'll attend with them. I know one woman who started kicking cooking for two every night and she would set the table for two and she'd light candles and play music and within a very short amount of time her soulmate was actually sitting there at the table with her so that's what I mean by living as if that's wonderful and I asked him this briefly a little while ago but what is big love and how do you know when you've got it? Big love is a whole package. So big love is when you're a great person and your soulmate's a great person, but when you come together as a couple, you're much more together as a couple and you have more to offer the world than you do as individuals. So you get the soulmate, you get the chemistry, you get the, the shared life path. It's the whole package. Synergistic effects, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. So what are three things our listeners can do in the coming week to begin putting into practice some of the principles you've been discussing? Well, I would first start with taking a look at your life to see is there anybody you need to forgive, anybody from the past that you need to cut the cords with to, to say thank you, God bless you, I forgive you, and then forgive yourself. That would be the first step. The second, as we've been talking about, would be to make a very detailed list of the traits and qualities you want your soulmate to have and the type of life you'd like to lead. And then the third would be to really start to look and see uh, where you can give more love in the world right now. And the reason you want to do this is because, uh, A, it feels good, B, it makes you infinitely more attractive, and see, it's a good thing to do, you know. Start looking, you know, who's in your life today that you could share more love with. Right. Sort of opens up the heart. Exactly. Right, right. Okay. So, uh, you know, you've mentioned soulmatesecret.com with a, mon- a slash Mandela. What else can people listen, uh, learn about on your website? Well, um, if you go to soulmatesecret.com and you want to order the book, you can hit any of the order the book buttons and it will take you to a special bonus page. So once you get the book, you can download a video vision map that you can use and other goodies to get you started immediately uh, in manifesting your soulmate. I've got a favorite links page. Uh, My appearance on the Today Show and some other TV shows I've done are up there. So there's lots of fun things to play with at the site. Okay, that's excellent. Are there any other sites online that you'd like to refer the listeners to? Well, if you're interested in writing a book or becoming a best-selling author, I have another site called everythingyoushouldknow.com. Okay. That's a good one. If there, if there are listeners out there who are interested in writing a book, that's great, everythingyoushouldknow.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Well, I think, you know, one of the biggest parts of this that, uh, that is most important is that it raises our consciousness. The law of attraction is one of those things that really makes us pay attention to what it is that we're attracting. And I think that's just a real, real important feature of all of this because it makes us take responsibility for what it is that we're attracting and know that we have a, a portion of that is not left up to the rabbit's foot. Right. And I not only did this work for me at age 44, but it has worked for literally dozens of people I know, including my 80-year-old mother-in-law. That's so wonderful. Well, Ariel, thank you so much for being on our show. Listeners, I want you to uh, tune in for the next 30-minute segment. We're going to be talking about romance some more. Thanks again, Ariel. 
awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. What can you tell me about Skills USA? Skills USA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back to Authentic Living. This is Andrea Matthews, and we were talking over the last 30-minute segment to Arielle Ford about her book, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction. And now I want to speak a little bit more about that because, as I said just before the break, the most important feature, I think, of the Law of Attraction is that it makes us conscious about what we're attracting. It makes us pay attention to what we want. It makes us acknowledge that we've learned a lot of mythology about relationships, and, and that sometimes that mythology isn't true. The tr- real truth is that up until about 150 years ago, we were marrying for good teeth, good hips, uh, how many babies somebody could have, a good dowry, uh, whether or not there were going to be enough children to run the farm, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
we were marrying, in other words, for security. And that um, sort of way of doing things is basically throughout the world faded away, although there is still, are still some cultures where marriages are arranged. But you see, what's happened now is that we've begun to understand a relationship from a whole other's perspective. It's not just about security, but it's about long-term commitment to somebody who you really love, who really loves you. And we don't really know much about what we're doing. As a matter of fact, we're floundering in the dark a little bit about that. And so we need some guidance, and Ariel Ford has stepped forward to give us some of that guidance. One of the things that we need to recognize in looking at relationships is what are what is my own personal mythology about relationships? In other words, what are the lies I tell myself about what I can expect in relationships? Some of those are very negative lies, like what I saw happening in my home between my parents. Perhaps that's not valid at all, not for me anyway. Um, some of it is all about what we've been taught by our society. And one of the things I know we've been taught is that we have to compromise. We hear that all the time. Well, you have to compromise. Well, the truth is that very often we get compromise and giving up a pound of flesh mixed up. We, we don't understand what compromise means. And what we think it means is that we have to settle for less than what we want and let that be okay. And um, that isn't what compromise means. Compromise basically means um, if you like hamburgers and I like hot dogs, we're going to go to a place that serves both. Uh, that's compromise. Compromise does not mean that you get to scream at me in the afternoons, but you're really cuddly at night in bed. That's not what that means, uh, at least not for me it doesn't. And I, I don't think that's a healthy pattern. We accept the unacceptable and try to tolerate the intolerable because, as Ariel Ford said in the last segment, we are comfortable with our disappointment. We've settled for disappointment. We expect that's all it's ever going to be. And we say to ourselves this other myth, well, there's nobody out there that's perfect. Well, that's true. There is nobody out there that's perfect. However, there is somebody out there that's our soulmate and somebody who can match us uh, uh, and match our needs based upon the list that we create. And I happen to also know that Ariel's method of doing that, attracting a soulmate, does work. I attracted my partner in that same way by making a list, releasing it to the universe, um, clearing myself of old stuff, and attracting what I needed. So it does work. And what I would say is that if we are conscious about uh, using the law of attraction to bring to us a soulmate, then we have to also be conscious about what is it that we're telling ourselves about what we can anticipate. Some of the other mythologies are that, are that men and women are very different. Now, some of, that, uh, some of the stuff that we've said about that is not really true. In other words, we might say, well, men, they don't, they're not as loving and kind and generous as women are. That's not really true. Um, there certainly are some men out there who aren't as kind and loving and generous, and there certainly are some women out there who are not as kind and loving and generous. But we certainly can find a man, if you're a heterosexual woman looking for a uh, heterosexual relationship with a loving, kind, generous man, you certainly can attract that. Um, and the same is true for gay relationships. If you're looking for a gay partner who is loving and kind and generous, you certainly can find that. Um, I guess what I would say is that we can attract what we want if we're willing to clear out the garbage. And that's basically what or some, some of the old, what I call garbage, what some of the old ways of thinking, what some of the lies we tell ourselves. One of the other mythologies that we've lived out in our society is you'll know when it's right. Well, you will know when it's right if you're conscious. 
but not if you're not thinking and being consciously present with what's going on. So being conscious is very important to the process. It is possible for us to fall in love with, marry, and establish a relationship with someone who is completely wrong for us. We see it all the time. But we tell ourselves that if I fall in love, that's sort of like an onus from the gods to marry this person. Um, and it's not. It's not necessarily true. Falling in love is an unconscious act. It comes up out of our unconscious, and we, it brings with it whatever else is in there. So if we've got some stuff in our unconscious about relationship, about what we can expect, about settling for a disappointment, then that's going to come up with it, and we got, might get attracted to someone who is not good for us. So in clearing out some of that unconscious stuff, what we have to do is start thinking, really using our brains to, to realize what it is that we tell ourselves. What is it that I'm telling myself about relationship? We have to clear some of that out because a lot of our mythology about relationship isn't true. And that's part of the cleaning out that we have to do. Um, the other, one of the other mythologies is opposites attract. Really? Maybe. In some instances, maybe. If that's what you're interested in and you put that on your list, that you want somebody who's very, very different from you, then you can attract that. But that's an old mythology. In truth, what we're discovering through some research, and those of us in the mental health field are really looking into this thing about relationships since it's a new, new area for us, really. If it's not about security, then what is it really about? And we're studying intimacy and we're understanding what, what creates a long-term commitment in relationships. What we're beginning to understand is that really people that are a lot alike tend to uh, be much more attracted to each other. So opposites, I have worked with some people who are opposite from each other, and they can manage to work out a really good relationship, but it takes some work. So ask yourself, are you going to be attracted to someone who's very different from you, or are you going to be attracted to someone who's like you? Do they have similar values? Do they have a similar view of life? Those are real important compatibility issues. Um, and they're real important to whether or not a relationship is going to be a long-term commitment. Um, the other mythology that we have is that we have to play games. We have to keep secrets. We have to play hard to get. We have to don't let them know what you are up to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those games just keep us in the inauthentic. They keep us living out patterns that are not authentic. So if you want a real relationship, we have to get real. Now, does that mean that you have to walk up to the person you're attracted to and go, okay, let me just expose myself, body, and soul to you right now and just tell you that you're the love of my life and we're going to get married and I know it? No, I mean, I have heard of people doing that, but that's not recommended. It is What we can do is to really just say, I'm going to reveal myself slowly over time and I'm going to find out who this person is that I'm attracted to. And if it is this my soulmate that I have called up and, and, and found to be on my list, then yes, I'm going to be committed to that person. If it's not, then I need to go back and start the process again. So we need to be careful about um, calling up our, our um, calling ourselves on our own games, really, to not, not keep secrets. Once you've started dating the person that you really do think is your soulmate, keeping um, big secrets, not a good thing. He, uh, saying, well, I can't let him know that or I have to let her know this and, you know, keeping those secrets and, and revealing or, or on the opposite uh, side of the polarity, revealing way too much way too soon. Either one of those two things uh, does not work in a healthy relationship. So paying attention to what we do after we've met that soulmate is also very important. 
Um, we also have a mythology that there are certain prescribed roles in a relationship, and these could be true whether we're gay or straight. Um, we think that there's a role for a wife and a way for a role for a husband, but those uh, there are roles that carry over into um, gay relationships as well, and they're not necessarily based on gender, but really based on what we expect our partner to do. So we need to be really talking about that with a soulmate and saying, you know, what is what is what is authentic between us? Not what role should I play, but what is real between us? So, I mean, it comes down to something as simple as who's going to carry out the trash? Should it always be the man? Well, probably not. <laughs> you know, it should pro- possibly be the one who's most interested in carrying out the, uh, the trash, if there is such a person in that relationship. Then the other thing is there's only one way to love, and that's a mythology that has hurt many, many people, not just uh, gays and lesbians, but also many other people who say that this is the way a person has to love. It has to follow a certain prescribed pattern of behavior. You know, it has to follow... It has, they have to, there has to be a marriage, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole lot we're learning in this process of trial and error about relationships in this new age in which we're beginning to understand that relationships should not be based upon security but based on something far deeper and much more uh, binding than security. And so in that process, what we have to understand is there's lots of different ways to love. There's lots of different ways to be a human being. There's lots of different ways to be a man. There's lots of different ways to be a woman. There's lots of different ways to make a commitment. And um, so deciding in advance how that ought to be uh, is an important thing in, in terms of putting that on your list. What is that to you? What is commitment to you? And you want to attract a partner who really can be in that kind of commitment, not in some other kind of commitment that isn't true for you. So that's another piece of what you want to attract. All of those myths tell us why, why we're making that list that Ariel spoke about in her book and tell us why that list is so very important because we have to get clarity. And that's part of what clearing out the garbage is all about, getting that kind of clarity that says, okay, I know now what I want. And, it, and it's really important for us to clear that up. But making the list carries with it the personal responsibility for conscious request. In other words, if you put on your list all the things that please your mother, or your society, or some other external code about a partner, then that's what you're going to get. But if you ask yourself what you really honestly want, then you will attract what you really honestly want. And this is an area where want, where desire, is uh, is a teacher for us. It helps us understand ourselves better. We're going to talk some more about this right after the break. This is Andrea Matthews, and this is Authentic Living. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. 
and the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back to Authentic Living. This is our last segment. We've been talking about Ariel Ford's book, uh, The Soul Makes Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life, The Law of Attraction. And we're talking about that today as Valentine's Day is coming up on us in just a few days. For those of you out there who are seeking or would love to have a romantic partner, this show is for you. We are, we, one of the things I want to say about the Law of Attraction is that it is not magic. That's kind of like one of the things that I hear people say that aren't real uh, aware of what the law of attraction really is. It isn't some form of magic. It is just the truth of our lives. Uh, we do send out energy and we, about, uh, that communicates to other people about who we are, and other people pick up that energy and they respond to it in kind. And so whether we're conscious of it or not, there are lots of exchanges that are happening between two people under the table under the table meaning unconsciously. They, it's like you could see the two people sitting above the table and they're having this discussion. They're on a date and they're having this discussion. But if you could pick up the tablecloth and look under the table, there's another whole discussion going on under that table. And that's the one we need to be paying attention to. And so it's that one that actually activates the law of attraction. And so we, what we need to do is get the people out from underneath the table and put them, up, put them out in our chairs with us. In other words, we're raising our consciousness so that we can become more true to who we are, become more authentic, and attract someone more authentic. In order to do that, we have to put to rest, to rest some old business, some old people we need to forgive, some ways we need to forgive ourselves, some ways that we've thought that don't work for us anymore, some ways that um, we have looked at life, how we viewed life, how we valued or disvalued life, 
all of those things are important in, in terms of the law of attraction because we are attracting those things to us. And if you don't believe it, look around at your world. Very carefully look around at your world and ask yourself how you created the world you've created. What you begin to see is this is the world you expected, and that's the world you got. So that's the, world, the way the law of attraction works. So, you know, in terms of relationship, what we've begun to understand is that desire, as I was saying just before the break, is extremely important. That's one of the things that we put on the back burner in most of our lives. We've been taught, well, you don't just go get what you need. Don't worry about what you want. And really what I have discovered is that our desires are our needs. They are one and the same. They are not different. We do have desires that are very, very important, and that we do need to fulfill them now. I'm not talking about compulsions. That's a very different matter. It feels like a want, like if I'm an alcoholic, I want another drink. Well, let me go have one. Well, that's not the same as a desire. I would, I would hasten to say that probably the alcoholic wants something far different than what he's getting, but that's the deal that's happening under the table. Love, compatibility, and relationship skills are the three major ingredients that bring us to a healthy relationship. And we have to be ready. You know, it's like uh, Ariel said, we have to live as if, as if. Well, if, like she said, if somebody came knocking on your door 72 and, and said to you, well, in 72 hours you are going to meet the love of your life, you'd be readying yourself for that. And living as if also means asking yourself, what is it? that is true to you about love. What does love mean? What is unconditional love? Does that mean you tolerate the intolerable and accept the unacceptable, or does that mean you ask for what you need, put that out there, and trust that it's coming to you, and then love what is? That's, that's an important distinction to make. The other thing is compatibility. What is compatibility? Well, as I said before, it's not whether or not you guys like hot dogs and hamburgers. It's, it's whether or not you value life in the same way if i love animals and my partner comes home and kicks the dog every night well that's a value that's very discrepant it's not going to be we're not going to be able to jive with that those two value distinctions and so it's real important that we pay attention to what it is we value in life and put on our list a partner who matches that prepare and prepare to receive that so that means that we're clear about what it is we do value and when we recognize someone that we happen to be dating that doesn't match those values, that we can say, you know, I don't think this is going to work out, and I think I want to, you know, stop dating you and see what else is out there in whatever way we'd say that gently to that person. Uh, relationship skills is a whole other thing. Relationship skills are just that. They are skills, and they are things that we must learn to develop. And most of us did not learn this in grammar school. Most of us learned it as we learned about sex a lot of times on the streets. We learned um, from our parents. We learned from society. We learned from our churches. We learned from our institutions. We learned from our TVs. We learned from our radios. We learned about relationship skills in that way. And what we see and hear is often quite dysfunctional. So if we're, if we're going to find out what relationship skills are all about, we have to tune in to what it is we really want inside of ourselves and truly, our desires can tell us something about relationship skills. So that if I want a partner who can be responsible for his or her own stuff, then I'm going to ask for that. If I want a partner who is going to be responsible for his or her own stuff, that's going to be evidenced by his or her behavior. So that if, I, if, if that partner can say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, 
if that partner can say, you know, I really need to talk with you about something. If that partner can say, you know, I've noticed this about myself and I don't think you even know it, but I'm going to tell you about it. Those are things that evidence uh, a person who knows how to be intimate. And being intimate is the name of the game with regard to relationships. So we want a partner who really can own their stuff. That means that they're going to take responsibility for themselves. You know, uh, going back to those myths, one of the myths we have is when we get in a relationship, each partner is supposed to make the other one happy. Well, that's a mythology. It's not somebody else's responsibility to make me happy. It's my responsibility to make me happy, and it's my partner's responsibility to make him or herself happy. So if I say um, relationship skills means I'm responsible for making myself happy, then I'm not expecting my, my partner to do that for me. What I'm asking for is that my partner be there with me as I make myself happy. And there's a big difference between those two things. So those things are important to relationship skills. So you might want to consider putting on your list that you want somebody who's got relationship skills. And you might want to be specific about what those are. And while you're doing that, that means you're preparing yourself to have relationship skills as well. That means you'd be able to say, you know, I need to talk with you about something that I haven't shared with you before. Or I know when to keep something private um, as we're dating that I'm going to slowly reveal to you as I get to know you better and better. Or um, I know when to, um, when to open up about something that's really been bothering me. Um, I'm paying attention to what your needs are. I'm not giving up myself for you, but I'm putting myself squarely in this relationship so that you can also be squarely in this relationship, and we're going to see what happens between us. And that is a risk. We are, as Ariel Ford pointed out, we are very afraid of getting hurt again. Many of us have been hurt. But the thing about love is it's like you handing your heart to someone and saying, you know, I'm going to give this to you. I know you could hurt it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Not to say that we're going to give it to somebody that we pretty are, are pretty sure is going to hurt it, <laughs> but rather that we're giving it to somebody knowing that it's always a risk. It is always a risk, and there's no way to eliminate risk from relationship. Once upon a time, we thought that if we got married, that would do it, but now we know it doesn't. But things are changing and evolving, and as they do, we have to do that too. Well, that's our show today on um, attracting the love of your life, and I hope it's been helpful to our listeners. Tune in again next week. We're going to be talking to Byron Katie about loving what is. This has been Authentic Living. This is Andrea Matthews. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.